All right. So we are continuing our sermon series going through the book of James called Where Faith Meets Life. Again, we're just looking at how our faith applies to every aspect of our life. So faith is not just some tiny thing that's one part of it, like faith's here and sports is here and then family's here. No, faith is something that interacts with and influences sports, family, friends, how we live our life, how we interact. So we looked at different things of like when we endure trials, when we face tribulations and hardships, uh, how we talk to people, how we treat others. And so tonight we're going to be looking at something else just about wisdom. How we hear that thing tossed around a lot, wisdom, and how tonight we're going to be looking at like what true wisdom is. And also what wisdom is not, as James explains it. Uh, but before we get into that, um, I want to test y'all. I want to see how observant and how good y'all are, okay? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you two different pictures. I'm going to show you the first one. I'm going to show you the second one, and I'm going to show you them side by side, and I want you to tell me what you think the difference is. So I want you to wait until both are side by side, okay? So hold, hold your comments till after. All right, here's the first picture. All right. Everybody getting this locked in their brains? Everybody got this set? Everybody ready? All right, picture number two. All right. All right. Everybody, everybody got it set? Everybody got this in their brain? What's the difference? What do you think, Dylan? One pair is bunched up uh-huh. and looking really yellow. Okay. The other pair is not bunched up and they kind of look a little moldy. Okay. Down. Okay. Anybody else think they know the difference? Uh, one of them is one and one of them is three. Okay, that's not it. Together, it looks like it just came from the store. It's like perfect. The other one is like this, like some, some like a regular thing. Okay. The ends are connected on the picture to the right. Okay. The ones a picture, one's reality. No. The one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the ones on the left are also. Okay. And the ones on the right are not. I bet one's fake. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. I'll give you a couple more seconds, and I'll tell you. What? What? One is like, like at the end, it's like super weird. Okay. Are there any? They're both letters. Anna said that one is a painting and one is real. No. You ready to know what this is? What's a sculpture? One is no. Here's here's the difference. Here's the difference. This picture on the left side is ban- bananas. These are plantains. Anybody know what the difference is between those two are? Okay. All right. So here's the thing. So, so banana, yeah, pretty much one's a fruit, one's a vegetable. Bananas, here's the difference. Banana is more like a fruit that you can eat raw. Plantains are more of like a Mexican type food. They taste more like a potato and you have to cook to eat them. Okay. So like that's a big difference. How many of you got kind of stumped by that? Like what, what in the world? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So both of these, right? Both of these look exactly the same, don't they? Like they look exactly the same. Like on the surface, you cannot tell them apart. So you know, you know what the difference is? The inside of it, right? When you go beneath the surface and you look at what the core is, 
you realize what it truly is. All right? So two different things. They look exactly the same on the surface. But once you go underneath the surface and look at the insides, what the makeup of it is, what its content is, you'll realize that it is two wildly different things. And it's the exact same with what we're going to be looking at tonight with wisdom. How there is two types of wisdom that James talks about in this passage that on the surface sound like wisdom, looks like wisdom. When we go beneath the surface and look at what truly makes it up, we will realize it is two totally different worlds. So if you have your copy of God's word or the piece of paper that's on your chairs or underneath your chairs, we are in James chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verses 13 through 18 tonight. And we're going to be talking about a faith that lives wisely. So we're going to look at what our faith is and how we live wisely, or if we don't live wisely, what that'll look like as well. All right. So we are in James chapter 13, verses 13 through 18. This is the word of the Lord. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. That is not the true wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Let's pray real quick. Dear Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Just thank you for your word and how it is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, how he not only authored this book, but he in turn helps us understand this and grasp it. And live for you, how it convicts us, how it, how it draws us closer to you, makes us more like your son, Jesus. So I pray for that tonight. I pray that we will learn from your word. I pray that you will open up our hearts and minds to hear from you, that we hear only your truth and not my opinion. And then in the end, it will convict, it will encourage, and it will draw us closer to your son to become more like Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So... There's at least three points, but first, before we get into that, here's the main point I want us to get out of all this, is that when we humble ourselves before Christ and root our lives in him, then we will have a faith that lives wisely. Because here's the thing, we as like fallen, sinful human beings, we are prone to want to rely on ourselves, be rooted in ourselves, and glorify ourselves, rather than rely on, be rooted in, and glorify Christ. And so if we truly want to live wisely, then we need to humble ourselves before Christ and root our lives in him. And then we will truly have a faith that lives wisely. Because here's the thing, what James gives us, he gives us three truths in this passage. The first one he talks about like a revealer of things. And then the last two truths are those two things that are revealed. Okay? So when we humble ourselves before Christ and root our lives in him, then we will have a faith that lives wisely. Because here's the thing, the first truth 
he wants us to get out of this passage is this. is action and attitude reveal wisdom. Action and attitude reveal wisdom. Right there in verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. So James is echoing the same sentiments that he's been echoing throughout all of James. Whether it is trials, tribulations, whether it's how we treat people, whether it is being hearers and doers of the word, whether it's the works that we live out, whether it be how we speak to people, all of that is a revealer of the genuineness of our faith or not the genuineness of our faith. Same here and again in how we walk and live out our lives. Our action and our attitude reveal our genuineness of our faith and reveal which two of these two wisdoms we're going to be looking at that we are truly living out. But first he talks about how by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. So the first one is this, is we got to understand meekness does not equal weakness. In today's society, in the world's eyes, they view meekness as some sort of weaker thing. When really, in God's eyes, meekness is a sign of strength. It is like power under control. Um, Another way to put it, it's like a submissiveness. It's humility. And so meekness does not equal weakness in this. Meekness, in fact, is actually a strength in the kingdom of God as we live for him. And something else we'll see is what meekness starts with. Meekness starts with putting our trust in God. Because again, it's a submissiveness. It's a humility. It's us saying, hey, you know what? I don't know. I don't know everything. I don't have it all together. And so I'm going to submit myself to the authority and lordship of Christ. Because here's the thing. Meekness goes against everything in our natural selves. Because our natural self, like I said, we want to glorify ourselves. We want to rely on ourselves. We want to be our own man. And God says it's the polar opposite of that. It's, hey, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. So this meekness is total opposite of everything our hearts wants to do. So it must be bent from wanting to glorify ourselves to glorifying Christ. And that only happens by a supernatural move of God. So meekness, it's like a willing to learn. It's, it's an openness to correction. So that's what meekness is. Wisdom is just, it's knowledge applied, okay? So all that head knowledge you get, it's taking that knowledge and applying it to your life and truly living it out. You know, kind of sometimes like that stuff your parents say that you think might not be the smartest thing. Come to find out it's the smartest thing once you apply it instead of doing the opposite of it. But here's the thing, you cannot apply knowledge until you gain knowledge. And you cannot gain knowledge until you humble yourself before God. In fact, it says this in Proverbs 1.7, that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So until we truly humble ourselves and submit ourselves under the Lordship of Christ, we will never truly learn and be able to apply that wisdom to our lives. So here's the thing, just as the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart, so should our works be an overflow of our wisdom. Here's the thing, fruit produced is evidenced by the root it comes from. Fruit produced is evidenced by the root it comes from. So we saw the madana and we saw the plantain, is that it's evidenced by the root it came from. Now we could try to paint it all different colors, try to change everything, but at the end, whatever the root is will produce that fruit. Like we talked about last week, I could have an orange tree and I could paint all of those oranges red and say it's apple and apple tree, but it's not 
Because the, at the root of it, at the core of it, it is an orange tree. And that's what it produces. So whatever our root is, whatever we are rooting our lives in, whatever we are making number one priority in our lives, that is will be evidenced in our lives by our action and by our attitude. So here's some questions I want to ask you to think about of how we can tell what truly is our number one priority and what we are rooting our lives in. What do you spend the most time on? What do you talk about the most? What do you spend the most money on? What do you invest the most in? Because that is evidence of what you are placing stock in. Does your actions and attitude point people towards Christ or away from Christ? Do you believe you know it all? Or are you willing to listen to others? Do you listen to your parents, to your teachers, to your coaches? Or do you think you know better than them? whether you'll explicitly say it or not. Do you believe you can do no wrong? Are you willing to receive constructive criticism? Let's say when a coach or tutor gives you correction or when your parent disciplines you and corrects you, how do you respond? Are you placing more trust in yourself or are you placing more trust in God? Because whichever one you place more trust in is what you are rooting your life in. And that is where you're drawing your wisdom from. And that will be fruit that will be produced in your life. And that's what we're going to look at next. Is that these questions, it's either Christ or us. It's our lives are rooted in one of those two. There is no middle ground. And we're going to look at, we're going to look at when we are rooted in one of those, it goes into two different paths and how that will lead from our attitudes to the fruit produced to how it's described. And James is going to go through all of that because James asked us this question at the beginning. Hey, who is wise and understanding among you? And so he gives two types of wisdom we're going to look at. One of them is a true wisdom. The other one is a false wisdom. And both these types of wisdom are shown through a person's actions and their attitudes. So here's the first type of wisdom. And our second main point is false or earthly wisdom is rooted in self. False or earthly wisdom is rooted in self. Look at what it says in verses 14 through 16. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. That is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. So with these two, we're going to look at four areas of how it progresses. We're going to look at how it's explained, like what happens when we're rooted in either ourselves or Christ. We're going to look at our attitudes that happens when we're rooted in those two. We look at how James describes that type of thing, and we'll look at the fruit that is produced out of that. So the first thing that we see is what happens when we are rooted in ourselves is bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. It's right there in verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts. So that is how he describes it. That is what's in our hearts. So when we are rooting our lives in ourselves, then naturally we will want to glorify ourselves. So that'll lead to bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. Here's what bitter jealousy is. Bitter jealousy is promoting one's own opinions above everyone else's. That you're the end-all, be-all, know-it-all, final authority, that's it, you know best. And so you are going to do whatever you can to promote that. And then selfish ambition is you will promote and advance oneself no matter the means it takes to do so. So you think you know what's best, you know what's best for yourself, and you're going to do whatever it takes to do what's best for yourself. 
by any means necessary. It doesn't matter what obstacle, person, thing is in the way. You're going to do what's best for you. And that's what happens when we're rooted in ourselves because naturally we want to glorify ourselves. Because our attitudes are bent towards glorifying ourselves, then we will be boastful about ourselves and we'll be false to the truth. And so the next one describes is how our attitude will be. It'll be boastful and it'll be false to the truth. Because since we think we know it all, since we think we're the end all, be all, that's it, final authority, then we're going to boast in what we do. And we're going to be false to the truth. We're not going to care about the gospel. We're not going to want anything to do with it because it says we are to deny ourselves. And that we are not first, we are second. That Christ is the end all, be all, final authority. And he's the one we are to glorify. So when we are rooted in ourselves, it has bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. And that'll turn leading us to being boastful and false to the truth. And you know how James describes this? James describes this type of wisdom as earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Where it says in verse 14 through 15, it says, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. That is not wisdom from above that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. So what does that mean to be earthly, unspiritual, and demonic? So first, earthly, what earthly means is that it's rooted in worldly desires. It's rooted in the life of this world. It's rooted that this is it, that this is all we want. We're rooting it in ourselves again. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 3, 19 through 20, it says, The wisdom of this world is folly to God, and God knows the minds of the earthly wise, because earthly wisdom passes away with those who proclaim it. Think about this. The wisest person on earth that could be wise in their own eyes pales in comparison to the infinite wisdom of God. So much so it says, earthly wisdom, this earth is going to pass away. But the word of God, God himself, his kingdom is going to reign forever. Yet we take stock in this world, we take stock in our lives that we think we know what's best. The next one, it says it's unspiritual. So basically what unspiritual means is there's no power behind it. Because again, it's rooted in our natural selves rather than the supernatural. It comes from the sinful desires of our fallen, sinful human hearts. In fact, it says in Jeremiah 17, 9, that our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately sick. So when we root our lives in ourselves, unspiritual wisdom is the result. Deceitfulness is the product. We're desperately sick. So we root ourselves in something desperately sick, then that's what's going to be the result. It's something that is desperately sick. Or in Proverbs 14, 12, it says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its way ends in death. That we might think we know what's best for our lives. We think we know what's best, but when it says our hearts are deceitful and uh, deceitful and desperately sick above everything else, it's a heart of stone. As we saw last week, our tongue, it's full of deadly poison. It's a restless evil, and that comes from our hearts. You understand, when we root ourselves in that, then naturally that'll be what is produced out of it. Or lastly, it says it's demonic. Basically, I mean, it's from Satan because Satan had the same mentality on Adam and Eve. Satan had that same mentality. He wanted to be God. He wanted to be God. And so now he had the same mentality on Adam and Eve to wreak havoc, which caused this world of sin. And now he uses it to wreak havoc and corrupt relationships. How we'll see people in relationships when they just want to get at what's best out of them for something instead of seeing what's best for the other person. Because again, when our lives are rooted in ourselves, it's going to be selfish ambition. It's going to be bitter jealousy. We're going to be looking at what's best for us as number one, as king of our hearts. We're the number one. That's it. And we see that it's earthly, it's unspiritual and demonic. 
So when bitter jealousy and selfish ambition are the driving forces of our lives, when promoting ourselves and our opinions by any means necessary, then here's what will happen. Here is the fruit produced. It is disorder and every evil practice or every vile practice, as the passage says. Because like it says in verse 16, it says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Notice how it says, it, it, it doesn't say it might be, there's a possibility. No, it says, if we let bitter jealousy and selfish ambition drive our lives, if we let us be the end-all, be-all, number one factor, that's it, then what will end up happening is, is disorder in every evil, every vile practice. That is the result and fruit of that. And what disorder is, is just, it's anarchy, it's disturbance, it's a behavior in which it threatens the safety of others or the peace of a neighborhood. Because we're only looking out for ourselves instead of the self of the neighborhood. Or every vile practice, meaning everything opposite of God. No good can come out of it. And there will only be a harvest of unrighteousness. Because if it's every evil practice, then it's everything our hearts desire. So if we are rooted in ourselves, and we live to glorify ourselves, then the only thing that will be produced every time is disorder in every evil, vile practice that is opposite of God. So as we looked at throughout the rest of James, when we face suffering, instead of having faith during suffering, we will have doubts during suffering. And we will look at how to get out of that suffering. Instead of using that to help us grow closer to God and become more like God. That will just simply be hearers of the word rather than doers of the word. That will see exactly what needs to be changed but say, no, I'm good. Because I know what's best for me and I'm just going to do what's best for me and kind of have God be a Sunday and Wednesday thing. But I'll do the rest of the week myself. It's simply it's showing favoritism that we are going to pick and choose people so we can love them and, and care for them. That way we can get what's best for us out of them in that. Or it's not taming our tongue. As we saw last week, when we don't tame our tongue, how it's deadly, it's a restless evil, and how it can direct and guide us. And it can guide us straight into destruction. It can burn bridges. It can tear people down and tear us down. In one moment, leave to a lifetime of devastation. To go a step further, in John 15, 5, Jesus says how apart from me, apart from Christ, we can do nothing. If we abide in Christ, then we will produce much fruit. But if we abide in ourselves, we will produce nothing but disorder and every evil practice, as James says. A little bit of a silly picture analogy is, is imagine I try to grab myself by my ankles and pick myself off the ground. What do you think is going to happen? Fall, probably look kind of stupid probably hurt myself but if i what if i was so convinced now i can pick myself up by both my ankles and i kept doing it over and over and over again you know i'm going to keep hurting myself right it's going to be a never-ending cycle of just falling flat on my face hurting myself something trying to grab myself by my ankles and lift myself up right that sounds so stupid doesn't it that sounds so silly doesn't it yeah, but that is exactly the case. That is exactly what happens when we root our lives in ourselves. We start this endless cycle over and over and over again where we think we know what's best for ourselves. We're going to live for ourselves. And that's what keeps happening. It'll lead down to roads of destruction. It'll lead down to dead ends. It'll keep leading down to just past that will leave us feeling more empty, more guilty, more shameful. That's what happens when we root our lives in ourselves. 
Like it says, all it'll produce is disorder in every vile practice. So let me ask you this. Are you quicker to brag about yourself or brag about Christ? When your friend, let's say your friend gets captain of the team. Are you quick to celebrate or quick to be resentful towards them? Are you okay with your friend, let's say, getting the lead part in a role or taking the game-winning shot over you? Are you quick to look out for the interests of others or the interests of yourselves? Because these are questions that at the root of it will reveal what we are truly placing our lives in, what we are truly making the number one priority of our lives. Because like I said, if we are rooted in ourselves, then we will have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition that will lead to disorder in every vile practice. And James describes this as earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. And that's the first wisdom he gives us. But the second wisdom he gives us is true heavenly wisdom. And true heavenly wisdom is rooted in Christ. So verses 17 to 18 where it says, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So again, we're looking at the same four things. If we are rooted in Christ, what does that look like? And so the first thing is, if we are rooted in Christ, it leads to purity. Because again, we have to look at the source of what it's coming from. So when we are rooted in ourselves, the source is our hearts, which we saw are deceitfully wicked, desperately sick, vile, all those types of things, full of deadly poison, a restless evil. But when we are rooted in Christ, we are rooted in a pure source because it is the purest of all sources. It is an infinite source, a source of pure love, of love that we talked about and we sang about tonight, how he is love and love alone. That is what we are rooting in. We are rooting ourselves in Christ, which leads to purity. Because we are rooted in Christ and we will want to glorify Christ. How wisdom rooted in ourselves is wicked because our hearts are wicked. While wisdom rooted in Christ is pure because wisdom comes ultimately from him. That is why wisdom from above is first pure. Because the source is pure. And so what are the results of that? Here's our results. Here will be our attitude of that. It'll be peaceful. It'll be gentle. It'll be open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial, sincere. Again, all these are descriptions of Christ because that is what we're rooting our lives in is Christ. So naturally, when we root our lives in Christ, then we will produce fruits that follow in who Christ is. So the first one is peaceable. Peaceable meaning like promoting a state of wholeness, well-being, and happiness. How we try to say let's do what makes us most happy when Jesus is the ultimate source of happiness and joy and a true state of wholeness and well-being. Or it's gentle, meaning it's merciful or tolerant. Or it's open to reason, meaning it's willing to learn and receive correction. It's full of mercy. So just as Jesus is towards us and everyone else, it's like a leniency. It's a compassion to show towards offenders. How Jesus showed in Matthew 9, 36 and 38, where it says, He looked upon the crowds and felt compassion for them. For they were helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. When's the last time we looked at a crowd of people? Let's say at our school. Or let's do a more practical one that might hit a little closer to home. Let's say we're at Maryville and looking at the crowd of Maryville fans. When's the last time we looked at them and felt compassion towards them rather than seeing them as just a rival? Right? 
that or anyone else. Or maybe someone that differs on us politically, theologically, different denominations, things like that. Is that we look upon those people with compassion. We look upon those people with mercy. Next thing it says it produces good fruits. So good fruits, just like the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says how it's impartial. Impartial meaning it loving towards everyone. It's treating everyone the same. It's non-judgmental. It's not tending to cause factions or divisions within a group. Just as James talks about in James 2, 1 through 13, where it says we should not show favoritism. We should not show partiality because that is the anti-gospel. Or lastly, it's sincere, meaning it's like free from deceit. It's genuine feelings towards others. It's not manufactured. It's without hypocrisy. It's not pretending, but truly felt and expressed. How people talk about today, they really want authenticity. And when we are rooting our lives in Christ, we will truly be authentic and we will truly be sincere. It won't be something where we're loving people to get something out of it, but we were loving them for what's best for them. And ultimately, it's pointing them to Christ is what they ultimately need. So we see what is produced out of that. And we see how it's described. This is described polar opposite of wisdom from below. Wisdom from below, earthly wisdom, it says, was earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. While wisdom that's rooted in Christ is from above, it's spiritual, and it's heavenly. It means from above. It's from heaven itself. It's spiritual, meaning it's supernatural because it's bending our hearts from glorifying ourselves to glorifying Christ. And it's heavenly, meaning that's the source of it. It's a heavenly, ultimate, perfect, lovely, incredible, amazing resource that we're rooting our lives in. So wisdom from above, wisdom rooted in Christ is from above, spiritual and heavenly. And lastly, here's the fruit produced. It's a harvest of righteousness. A harvest of righteousness. It's like it says, verse 17, 18, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So a harvest of righteousness is produced. And so basically what that harvest of righteousness means, it means we are conforming more into the image of Christ. That we are becoming more like Jesus. That if we are rooted in Christ, we will live to glorify him And the only thing will be produced is a peace and every good practice. So as we saw, wisdom that is rooted in ourselves produces disorder and every evil practice. While wisdom rooted in Christ produces peace and every good practice. Two totally different worlds. So we're rooted in Christ. Instead of trying to promote ourselves, we're wanting to promote Christ. Instead of trying to advance ourselves by any means necessary, we'll want to desire to advance Christ and his gospel at the expense of ourselves. To realize it's not about me, it's about Christ. It's not about I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's no longer about me, it's about Jesus. That is more important to me than my reputation, than my job, than my family, than my friends, than my popularity, than my status. No matter what, he is more important than all of that. In fact, I will sacrifice that at the expense of promoting him. That's what wisdom rooted in Christ is. It's pure. Because of that, it produces peace in every good practice. Because it changes everything about our lives. Because everything about us wants to glorify ourselves and put us first. 
when we make Christ the number one priority, when we submit to him, then we'll see how much it radically changes us. Because again, how we live our lives will show what we are placing stock in. So let me ask you, can you look and you, can you look at this list? Can you look at this list and see any evidence of this in your life? So peaceable, peaceable means like you're promoting a state of wholeness, like well-being, happiness. Peaceable with others. Are you peaceable with others? Are you gentle towards others? Are you open to constructive criticism? Are you full of compassion for others and quick to forgive? Are you quick to hold grudges and be full of hatred towards others? Do you see any of the fruits of the Spirit in your life? Are you welcoming to all or just merely a select few? Ultimately, I I want you to ask you this. What are you rooting your life in? Because that's what this ultimately comes down to. What are you rooting your life in? Are you rooting your life in yourself or rooting your life in Christ? Because it's either one or the other. Our lives are either rooted in ourselves, promoting Christ, glorifying Christ, promoting ourselves and glorifying ourselves and promoting ourselves, or it's rooted in Christ and it's glorifying Christ and promoting him above everything else. There is no middle ground on this. What are you rooting your life in? Are you rooting your life in you and your own abilities? Are you rooting it in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross? Because I can tell you, here's the thing. We are going to pass away. Our abilities will eventually diminish, all right? Our athletic abilities, our academic abilities, all of these will not last. But you know what will last? Christ and his cross will last forever and all eternity. So does your life promote yourself more or Jesus more? Because here's the thing. When we have a faith that lives wisely, it will be rooted in Christ, not ourselves. The only way we can truly have a faith that lives wisely is when we are humble ourselves. We realize we are not the end all, be all. We root our lives in him. And then we will have a faith that lives wisely. that will be evident to all those around us. That will produce peace to those around us. It will promote something that people are longing for. Those that are rooting their lives in Christ that are going in every which direction and can't find true happiness or true peace or true joy. When Jesus is saying, I am the ultimate source you can root your life in that you can promote to others. So let me ask you this. What are you rooting your life in more? Maybe there's some of you who are in here tonight that, that you're hearing this and realize, wow, like I, maybe I am rooting my life in myself. And I've been running in every different direction. I've been running in just what pleases me the most and what makes me the most happy. And all it's led down is to more dead ends, more guilt, more shame, more difficulty, more hardship, more struggles, more just, I don't know what to do. Where you just feel like you're at the end of your rope. I have good news for you that you are never too far gone from grace. That if you will repent of those ways, if you will turn from those ways of just doing what's best for you and turn to Christ, repent of those ways and believe on him and his finished work on the cross, he is faithful to forgive you of all of that and save you. Maybe there are some of you in here that you are a believer. You have repented of your sins. You believed on Christ and Christ has saved you. But you've realized that uh, you live your life a lot more for yourself than him. And, and it just makes you feel lowly. It makes you feel hard. It makes you feel like you can't talk to anybody about it. it. makes you feel just difficult or shameful, things like that. You can't talk to anybody about it. Can I tell you also some good news? The gospel's for you too. That the gospel does not just saves us. It sanctifies us. It continually forgives us daily. That the same call is open to us. That if we will repent and turn back to him, he is faithful to forgive us and love us.
Or maybe there are some of you in here that you are a follower of Christ and that you have truly believed in Him and that you are daily pursuing Him. You are trying to promote Him with your life more and more and more. My encouragement for you too is continue to preach the gospel to yourself daily. Understanding where your source comes from, understanding where your help comes from, understanding that it's all about Him because it will be difficult at times where we want to do what's best for us. But we know what's best for Christ is ultimately what's best for us. So my encouragement for you that are faithfully following him, continue to follow him, continue to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow him. And while you're at it, you might be able to encourage others along the way to be able to come alongside you and see Christ. What are you rooting your life in? So here's what I want us to do. I want us to enter into a time of response. And so what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to pray and then Caleb and Nat are going to come back up. They're going to play for a bit. And I want you to take these next few minutes just between you and God, not talking to anybody else around you, just between you and God, where you are writing a response. Maybe there's something tonight that is spoken out to you. Maybe there's something that has impacted you. Maybe there is a sin that God has revealed in this you need to repent of and give to him. Maybe there is a truth in this that is meant to encourage you tonight that you want to just thank God for. Whatever the case is, I want you to take these next few minutes and write down this response at the bottom of your page. And just between you and God, you pray to him. However long that takes, doesn't matter. And while we're doing that, Caleb and Nat are going to start playing a song. Whenever you're ready, you can stand up and sing with them. And then at the end of that song, we'll be dismissed, okay? So I'm going to pray. We'll enter into a time of response and sing. And then after the song, we are dismissed, all right? So let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for you. We are just so thankful that just in spite of ourselves, you still love us. That no matter how many times we root our lives in ourselves, that you are still faithful to forgive us. That you still beckon us to come home. That you say, all who are weary and burdened, come to me and I will give them rest. So I pray people in this room that if they are weary, if they are burdened, if they have just a weight on their shoulders, that they will just come sprinting to you that they don't care about what's around, they don't care about what it'll look at, how it'll be, that they'll see you as more than everything else because you are worth it. You are worth it all. You're worth everything because you gave everything to die for us. So I pray that we will become more like you, to be more like you, less of ourselves and more of you, that we will root our lives in you, that here at LSM we will promote Christ above ourselves, that in our schools, on our sports teams, in our jobs, less of us, more of you. So God, I pray in this time, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come work in our hearts. Come work in our lives. So we remember the empty grave and look to Christ and that we will conform more into his image. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.